Today, um, it's been a long time since I've been up speaking, so you just bear with me as I've been praying through fears and doubts and things like that this morning. <clears throat> but God laid on my heart a message probably three or four months ago, and when DK asked me, I, I kind of knew exactly what I was going to speak on. It came from a devotion that Kath and I did um, about perfect trust. God is like a diamond. And I would have brought a diamond here, but I couldn't afford it. So we're just going to have to imagine this diamond. And as you turn it, you see just different aspects of God's character, of his grace and through my lifetime, I've, I've seen a lot of different aspects of God in different times of my life, through trials, through difficulties, and through joy and, and uh, happiness, and just different things. <clears throat> but today we can, I would just want to talk about perfect trust. God is a God who we can trust. And I have <clears throat> nine aspects of that diamond by no means is this the end of of god it just it's just nine that i've chosen that came from that devotions that we had that how we can see god and how we can perfectly trust in his in in him taking care of us in him just uh, just relying on him <clears throat> we lack because of the human experience that we have had in our lives, people that we thought we could trust, people that we looked up to at some point or another failed, and, and you, just, it, you, lose, you lose faith, you lose trust in that person. Um, we lack trust because of experience that we've had in our lives. But we want to consider this. The strength of your faith is directly related to the trustworthiness of the object of your faith. Let me say that again. The strength of your faith is directly related to the trustworthiness of the object of your faith. That means whatever uh, we have faith in, the strength of our faith, is how that object is looks to us. Do we do we have faith in that object? If 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 our if our faith is, is fails in that object, uh, then we won't have faith in it. But we're going to see today how God is totally faithful, and we can have total faith in that in Him, and we can trust Him fully. God isn't like anyone else. His character is perfect. If we read, uh, look at First John, we're going to look at a few scriptures this morning, so um, just bear with me as we, as we look at these scriptures. Uh, 
First John chapter 1, verse 5. It reads, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light. There, there's nothing, there's no shadow even with God. There's nothing, there's no, no pretense, no darkness whatsoever with God. In the book of Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor, your, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You ever think how high the heavens are from the earth? With all the telescopes and things that man has tried to, to see, uh, the end of the universe, as far as, as far as man concern, is concerned, it, it's endless. It doesn't end. That's how far away God's thoughts are from our thoughts. There is no, and we, we can't even comprehend how God thinks. We get a little picture of it in His Word. I'm just trying to get a picture of God. God isn't like us at all. We are made in his image in certain ways, but he's not like us. We, we are fallible man. We, we make mistakes, but God doesn't. <clears throat> the first aspect I want to look at is God's perfect love. Back to First John again. Um, Chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. God is perfect love. And with that perfect love, there's no fear in that love. That means we can trust him because of that perfect love that he has. When you know you were truly loved by someone, you don't fear them. You don't fear their motives, their actions towards you. But when, when we don't have that trust, when we don't feel that love, there's, there's a fear, there's a blockage there that we don't... Uh, we don't fully trust that person. But God's love is without fear. God loves us so much that is, there's no pretense, there's no fear in that love. When we understand God, we understand the character of his love. We realize that God doesn't just love, God is love. God is love. There's no, it's just like, it's just like the sun. The sun is the sun. Why is the sun the sun? Because it's, it's light and it's heat. Without either one of those, the sun would, wouldn't be the sun anymore. 
It's just like God and his love. When God shows us his love, that's who he is. Without love, God would, wouldn't be God anymore. He would cease to exist as God. And we couldn't trust him anymore. But God, his, the essence of God is love. In First John, uh, John 4.16 And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So, we can say that any kind of love that we have has come from God because God is love. That's where our love comes from. So God is perfect love. We can trust him because his love is perfect. Number two, God is perfectly good. The book of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 19. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Even Jesus realized God was the only one that is good. As we said before, uh, we are infallible human beings. We all make mistakes. But there is one that does not make mistakes. When we make mistakes, we prove that we are human, that we are not like God. In Romans 3.23, it says, let me turn to it so I don't mess it up. (laughs) I I have it memorized, but I'm not going to try that right now. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We all battle with, with our struggles. We all battle with our, uh, whatever it is that, that uh, causes us to uh, fail. But God is perfectly good. He is the only one that is. Everything he does is for our benefit. Everything that God has done for us, all of us together, is for our benefit. When he wants to reveal something in our life, it's for our benefit. When he wants to pour joy into our lives, which, you know, that's part of, another part of God's character is the joy that he gives to us. Um, he, he wants that, you know, that, that's just, what he wants, it's for our benefit. God is incapable of being anything but good. 
God is just, God is good. We sing the song, um, the goodness of God that we sang this morning. The goodness of Jesus. It's something that he, he is. It's another aspect. We turn the diamond. It's another aspect of God. He is good. <clears throat> Number three, God is perfectly wise. Um, wisdom is one of the most valuable things that we can get in life. Wisdom is um, just something that we, we all should be pursuing. Not just, not, and not the wisdom of the world. In the world there's trouble. In the world there's just turmoil. Because it's worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom does, does not bring us um, peace. It does not bring us uh, what we need. <clears throat> when we face trouble, when we face tough decisions in our lives, we look to people, we look to individuals with wisdom. We look to them for guidance, for counsel. And I know for the people that I look to, it's, it's godly, godly wisdom. Men that have, I know that are going to give me what I need from the word, from God himself. God is all wise. In Romans 11, Romans 11, 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom being glory forever. Amen. Proverbs 1 9. Oh, Can't read my writing here. Okay. Uh, verse 7. Proverbs 1 verse 7. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament to your head and chains about your neck. Wisdom from God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. Wisdom from God. We need that wisdom from God. And because he is all wise... He has every answer for us. There is nothing that we have that he doesn't have the answer for. Nothing, no problem that we face that he can't, doesn't have a fix for. God is perfectly wise in everything. When we look to him for wisdom, and we should be, we should look to him all the time for wisdom, for strength. Strength and wisdom. Uh, 
all of a sudden, answers come from questions. You know, the world and the, and the worldly wisdom, they, they're, they're out in space seeking for answers to how we got here, why we exist, um, different things like that. But I can tell you right now, I know all the answers to that, those questions. They're spending millions and billions of dollars trying to find those answers. But I know them. Why do I know them? Because, of, because seeking the wisdom of God and believing in the wisdom of God gives you all those answers. There's no questions of why I'm here. I'm here to serve God. There's no questions of, of the beginning of the universe. I know God created it. All these answers are, are right here for us all. There's, there's no question about it at all, in my mind, because I believe God. But worldly wisdom is confusion. It brings confusion. There is no clarity to, to worldly wisdom because it, it just, the, the whole thing is questions that have already been answered. Questions to um, why we exist, why we're here. You know, questions like that that they just keep seeking, and they'll never find it. With, with the worldly wisdom, they'll never find the answers to those questions. They'll look like we talk, talked to before. Space is so big, and they're, they're looking for it. <laughs> how, how are they going to find it? They're not going to find it, except through the Word of God, except seeking God, seeking His wisdom. Number four, <clears throat> Perfectly holy. Holiness is, the meaning of holiness is being set apart. It's holy other. And it's pure. And only God is holy. And in Revelations 4.8... Revelations 4. I'm sorry, I'm using, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I'm using a Bible I don't normally use. So I'd, um, it was just in better shape than my other one, so I didn't want it. He who does not love does not know God. For, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in First John. Sorry. All right. First John, uh, Revelations uh, four eight. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes, round and eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Notice that they say, Holy, 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 three times. 
meaning God is the only one that's holy. I, I, that's what I believe. I believe that there's no other creature or individual can you say that to but God. Holy, holy, holy. And they never cease to say this. They're around the throne right now. They're saying holy, holy, holy. Flying back and forth. Flying back all around the throne of God. I try to picture that in my mind. And it's, it's difficult sometimes to really get a grasp of, of, the, of the scene of, of heaven, of the scene of the throne of God. And these angels constantly proclaiming his holiness. The other uh, passages in Isaiah 6, 2, 2 through 3... Both, both of these scenes are, are in heaven. Um, that <clears throat> Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. And two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Again, three times, holy, holy, holy. Both these scenes, I mean, it's just, it blows my mind to think about these scenes in heaven and these creatures. You know, it tries to explain how these creatures look, but they're, they're otherworldly. I mean, we've never seen anything like it. And I think when we, when we do see it, it'll, it'll be, we'll be awestruck. I mean, it'll be a scene that, I don't know, like we've never seen before. Everything else pales in co- into God, uh, according to God. Everything else is not, we're, we're all, again, imperfect beings. But God is holy. That's why we can trust him. That's why his, his, his perfect, we can trust him perfectly. Because of all these aspects that we see as we turn the diamond around and see uh, how he is. Number five, he's perfectly faithful. God will never be unfaithful to us. Never. In 2 Timothy If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. If God would be unfaithful in anything, he, he would just he would deny himself. Again, this is an aspect of God where he is he cannot not be faithful. He, he is always faithful. There is nothing that he can be unfaithful with. And that's why we can trust him. He's faithful in all that he does. And And it's not based on how we behave ourselves. 
Even in our sin, he is faithful. Even in our weaknesses, he is faithful. He is faithful to complete the work that he's started in us. Each one of us, he is faithful. He's going to complete that work. Whether we struggle and fight against it or whatever we do, he's going to complete it. Just rely on him. Just trust him with your life. Perfect trust. You know, we lose trust in people because they, again, they fail us. They're not perfect. But God is, again, he's perfect in everything. He's perfectly faithful. He will never, he will never leave us or forsake us. He's faithful to be there all the time. Number six, perfectly righteous. Righteousness is defined as acting in a morally correct way. It is doing what is right based on an absolute moral standard. This was in a really one that is, uh, we can have a real stark contrast to this one. We look at the world today. My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. How, how do we come to any conclusion with that kind of thinking? You cannot come to any conclusion. So if, if my truth is, is to go and murder somebody, that's, oh, that's my truth. I didn't do anything wrong. That's, that's what I think is, is the right thing to do, get my revenge on somebody. That's my truth. Your truth might be something else. We cannot trust our, ourselves with with truth we cannot there has to be there has to be a standard that's why there's chaos in the world today that's why we see riots and and people blatantly lying and and because that's that's their truth you know they they think they can lie and cheat and riot and kill and steal and do all those things because they're doing it for the right reasons. But that's, that's, not, that's not truth. That's not righteousness. That is evil. That is from Satan. They're listening to the wrong voices. And they think they can do that and get their way. It comes crashing down because God's truth is the perfect standard that we need to live by. There's no other truth that we can live by. It's got to be God's standard. God's perfect moral standard is the only guidance that we have to his truth. And if we're outside of that and living in our own truth, it'll fail. It'll, it's, it's, it'll cause chaos. It'll cause confusion in our own lives. And we will fail. Psalm 119. It's 
Psalm 119, 142. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. So God is perfectly righteous. We can look to him for how we should live. We can look to him because because his righteousness is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. No man can come to the Father unless we go through the truth, unless we go through the way, unless we go through the life of Jesus. There's no way to the truth. Number seven, perfectly just. Psalm 89. Psalm 89, verse 11 through 14. The heavens are yours, the earth is also yours. The world and all its fullness, you have founded them. The the north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Harmon, rejoice in your name. You You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand, and high is your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. There's a lot of cry in the world today about justice. Justice for this and justice for that. We have to remember that the foundation of God's throne sits on righteousness and justice. God is perfectly just. He doesn't look at one section of 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 a situation and judge through that. He sees the whole thing because he can see inside of our hearts. He knows the motives, the actions, and all the things that we think and feel. He is perfectly just in all his ways. He's perfectly just in, 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 in judgment and when we sit, stand before him on judgment day, he, he knows everything. There is nothing that we'll be able to say. There's nothing that anybody will ever be able to say because he's seen it all. He knows all the motives. He knows all the thoughts of your, of your heart. And as, if we don't... Um, walk with him and we want to go our own way and leave and, and have our own justice and our own moral standards God, God's going to see that and he's going to judge all that we've all heard the word it's not fair <laughs> I'm sure sometime in your life you've said those words or thought those words it's not fair well life is not fair because we're imperfect, because we don't judge properly. We don't see the whole picture. 
I, the, the old saying is, is this truth in this situation? Is this truth, this truth and that truth? But somewhere in the middle is the real truth. And God sees the whole picture. We, we, we can't see into man's hearts. We can't see the motives all the time of, of somebody. Eventually, sometimes it comes out, but we, we don't see it all. We, we can't have perfect judgment or, or justice like God, like God can have. In, in the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for, uh, for justice is mishpah. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, it means justice. And 200 times in the Old Testament it is, it is used. And it's, it talks about justice and treating people equally. Everybody being treated equally. Whether you're rich or poor or handsome or ugly or crippled or healthy is treating everybody with the same uh, the same justice the same uh, the same way whether it's um, whether you've done something wrong or, or whatever you know financial or whatever aspect it's all being treated equally in the Old Testament it talks about the priest getting their share of, of, from the people to do the priestly works that they do. That's the word mishpah is used in, in that context so that it, it, it is, um, it's, a, it's a fair, it's fair, it's just. They deserve that. It's just, just like in a courtroom. You, you expect to get justice, hopefully, but not always, because we're imperfect again. Number eight, this is a beautiful one. God is perfect peace, perfect peace. In the world, there's turmoil, there's strife. We've talked about that when we talked about wisdom. In the world, you're not going to find peace. You have to go up in a mountain somewhere in solitude to find any kind of peace from the craziness of, of the world right now. But God promises that he will give us peace, perfect peace. <clears throat> in John John 14. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. God's peace is so beyond anything you can find in the world today. It's a, it's a peace that the world doesn't understand. And sometimes it's a peace I don't understand. Sometimes I have this inner peace when, 
when I read the news. <laughs> I mean, really, I, it can really get you aggravated sometimes when you read the news. But I have this inner peace. I said, you know, God, God knows all this. He knows what's going on. The lines are being drawn blatantly between good and evil, I believe. And I have a peace that, you know, and we know because we've read the word. We know the ending to the story, to our lives. We know the ending. We know who has the victory. And so that peace that we that transcends anything that humans could even imagine lives inside of our hearts. We don't need to have turmoil. That comes from that comes from the evil one. Satan wants us to have turmoil. He does not want us to have peace. Because he knows if we have peace, then we we don't we, we don't listen to anything he says. Because it's total chaos and total upheaval. A lack of peace will, help, will make us be gripped with fear. You see that today with this, with this pandemic going on. I, yeah, I work at Troyer's Country Market and, the, and people coming in the store, I can see the people who are full of fear. By, by the way, the mask and their gloves and, you know, just sometimes you can't even see their face. They have glasses on and the mask is up to their eyes. And you, you just, if you look at them, that poor person is just full of fear. We don't have to have that fear. And I, you know, and I believe, that, you know, we're sitting here today and have been sitting here with, with the peace of God in our hearts, knowing that he knows about the pandemic. He knows about all this stuff that's going on around us. But he's filled us with peace. And that peace uh, just is beautiful in our lives. It's beautiful. And number nine... <clears throat> Perfect power. God has perfect power. There's no power like God's power anywhere. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. God has unlimited power. Yes, Satan is powerful. Don't, don't mistake that. He is, he is very powerful. And he, he, he wants to thwart our lives and our trust in God. But God's power is so far beyond that. If we just trust in it. Just trust in his power. <clears throat> we looked at all these aspects of God. 
his love, his holiness, his righteousness, the fact that he's good, just, faithful, and and the only source of peace. He's without flaw. We can trust him perfectly. Hebrews 1.3 Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, talking about Jesus, by the word of his power, God is all-powerful, but his word is power. His word brought everything into existence just by speaking. That's how powerful God is. Satan's power is very limited. It can only do what God allows. That's the difference. But God's power is limitless. There is no, there's nothing that can stop God. He is the most powerful being in the universe. And I don't know what else we can say. He's the most powerful being, period. But there is one thing that can thwart his power. There is one thing. Does anybody know what that could be? Not trusting him fully. Not relying on him. Not seeing the perfectness of his being. We can thwart his power in our lives. We can push it back. This powerful being that can do everything and created everything and we have the power to hold it back. Let that sink in a little bit. What are we doing with that power? What are we doing with God? Are we thwarting his power in our lives? Are we pushing back? It's a sobering thought. It really, it's, I'm speaking to myself. Do we lack faith in him? Do we think we have better answers than he does? This, these, all these questions and all these things that we, we can have, we can push back. Push back that power of God working in our hearts. In conclusion, as we think about that, God is, is perfect. The aspects as we turn that diamond today uh, is by no means is. I mean, each one of these steps, each one of these aspects of God could be a hundred sermons. I'm just kind of covering the surface of it barely today. I just wanted to get through the point that we can fully trust God. He is perfect, He is holy, He loves us. God is love. 
That's where the love comes from. And we can fully trust him today with our lives by trusting in Jesus. I just love the baptisms this morning. I think that's beautiful when people realize they need Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that helps us to open up our hearts to see this perfect God and and be able to use those aspects in our own lives and not push back. So I just trust that it just you would be able to see God the way he is, perfect.